0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW room void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. Feeling oozy. Let's step into the ring. Welcome to
0: In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. And now, Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo!
1: What's up, everybody? It's Pete, Joey, P. Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe, it's you, and it's me, and we're talking all things wrestling here on the In This League Podcast Network. Don't forget to go join the ITL Army over on Patreon. Subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your pods, and of course, you can follow us on the Twitter machine at In This Ring, and on the Facebook as well at In This Ring. So, we have a crown jewel pay-per-view, I mean premium live event, I mean uh, glorified house show. <laughs> oh goodness. Did you see what I did there? But alas wrestling is fun. So we have that to talk about. We'll preview that. We'll also preview and discuss the rise of Sammy Zayn. Oh my goodness. How entertaining has the bloodline been? How great has Sammy been in a storyline that should have been, I think they were looking for three weeks. They're going to get, I don't know, six months at least out of this thing. It is great. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about more returns to WWE And we're also going to talk about some more uh, moving parts that are going on in both companies. But before we get to all that, let's start with the AEW, shall we? Because we continue to hear lots more rumors about the Elite returning, a lot more rumors about CM Punk being bought out of his contract. And I've taken some time because I was waiting to see if we got official news on this to see if this was actually going to happen or not and what was going on before I really addressed it. But they seem to be dragging their feet here. And for me personally, I wanted to kind of recap the entire CM Punk journey in AEW. And if we flash back to about a year or so ago, the return of CM Punk really boosted AEW. It felt like, oh my goodness, this is something legitimate that is really going to push us into that next stratosphere. And if you take a look at who the immediate immediate feuds were that he had, the first one I believe was Darby Allen. then of course he had that great feud with MJF, probably the feud of the year, you can argue Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, you could argue MJF, CM Punk, I might even go MJF, CM Punk as much as I love Cody and Seth because there was so much more to it, there was so much more there for those two guys in terms of the drama of it and the feelings of it and the great storytelling of it. So CM Punk comes into the company and CM Punk immediately does the thing that you would expect somebody like CM Punk to do, which is start to help out some of the younger talent, put them over to a certain degree, elevate them, give them some instruction about, okay, well this is how you take your work to the next level. And it's something he did with Powerhouse Hobbs. It's something he did with MJF. It's something he did with Darby Allin and a few others as well. And it got me thinking. It feels like Darby Allin, Powerhouse Hobbs, all kind of, you know, some of the guys that MJF kind of put his finger on and went, yeah, that guy, that guy's got it. I want to work with that guy. We can make that guy a star. It seems like lately those guys aren't getting quite as much airtime and opportunity. Maybe they were Cody guys too, and Cody saw the same thing. But I guess, you know, for AEW, bringing CM Punk in was about expanding the audience, expanding the reach, bringing in another big, legitimate star that you had not seen in a long time. And CM Punk is far from perfect. CM Punk has issues. The same issues that we see where he is a bit of a, as much as he can be a we guy, he is also a me guy. He's also an egomaniac. And look, this happens in the wrestling industry. We talked about this with Sasha Banks a little bit. You know, sometimes when you get the raw end of the stick many, many times, you start to get very sensitive about everything, and you understand why they become this way and why sometimes they can be seen as divas, and both of them, <laughs> okay? And and that might be the case. It might be fair and it might not. But I think when you look back at what CM Punk meant to AEW when he came in, it was must-see television. CM Punk coming in, elevated the product just like Brian Danielson did, but then Brian Danielson, as red hot as he was and how good as he was as a heel when he came in, they just kind of absolutely dropped that ball. And then you get to a point here where CM Punk is realizing that he is fighting against a group that really doesn't care about growing the business. All they care about is growing themselves in it and doing what they want when they want. And I have been always very critical of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega because Although there's things that I've liked certain matches they've had. I've enjoyed certain things that they've done over the years. There's been a lot more that I haven't. They're not my cup of tea. If you love them, awesome. Good for you. I hope you enjoy it. But to me, it always felt very, for lack of a better word, clicky. And it feels like the thing that pushed Cody Rhodes out. He won't say it. Cody Rhodes is very political about the whole thing. I'm sure there was the NDA he signed that he's only allowed to speak about so many things. But Cody Rhodes is a professional who just said, you know what? I think I've accomplished my goal here. There's nothing left I can accomplish here. Do I want to play in this sandbox with these guys anymore? And I think the answer was no. And that should have been a red flag for everybody. When one of the founding fathers of this organization decided that he didn't want to play in the sandbox anymore. And Tony Khan, as I've called him on the show many times here, is the collector. He is that guy, he went to the garage sale and he bought all the action figures from all the different eras, from all the different stables, from all the different wrestling promotions, and now he's playing with his wrestling ring. And it's good sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it's really fun and good. Other times, it looks like a hot mess. But CM Punk was that rare figure that you couldn't find that was out of stock. CM Punk was that rare figure that you couldn't get a hold of. CM Punk was that guy that you go, oh my God, I found a CM Punk. And now you get to put him at the top of that card in your little fantasy wrestling. And you know what? It was really working. CM Punk got the title again. And CM Punk, I think, realized he was hurt and realized that he had just had enough and realized that even though he won the title again and scratched and clawed his way back to the title again after another injury, now he was hurt again. And his body was kind of betraying him. He was just done. He was done. He was over it. He was over Kenny Omega. He was over the Young Bucks. He was over the nonsense. And he said it. I work with children. And I think he was right. And here's what's been the funniest part. You've heard a lot of stuff coming from that camp. But you haven't heard a word out of CM Punk. The guy who wants to talk more than anybody else. Which is really rare. This is a guy who likes to say whatever he wants to say. Which leads me to believe that there is definitely another version of this. I know Ace Steel is already gone. So that was a fun, magical run for Ace Steel on AEW where he came in, he dropped an F-bomb, he was on TV twice, and then he got fired after getting in a fight with the guys. I, I also wonder, what indeed were they talking about? Like well, you're, After CM Punk goes off on his thing and he's his tirade while he's eating a muffin, CM Punk goes and says all the things with Tony Khan right there. It's clearly uncomfortable in that press conference. And then... The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they all kind of come into the locker room and, you know, what did they think was going to happen? Did they not think that it was going to get in some sort of physical altercation? Did they think that they were just going to yell and scream at him and everything would be fine? Did they think that this wasn't going to escalate? I don't I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand what the thought process was. I can only assume they just got upset and mad and, and butthurt about it. So they went to go talk to him and the rest is history, as they say. Tony Khan still has an opportunity here because I'm going to put this out there for everybody. If indeed Tony Khan was running this business autonomously, if Tony Khan really wanted to force his power, the best thing he could do is not buy out CM Punk. The best thing he could do is realize that this is the hottest thing anybody's talking about in wrestling for the last two months. And the hottest thing in wrestling for the next two months is not going to go away When that triceps heals, you bring that man back. You bring CM Punk back and see if you can convince these jokers to all somehow work together and make money. Now, the problem is those guys won't do it. They won't do the job. Kenny Omega should do the job to CM Punk. He won't do it. I'm telling you right now, I'd be very shocked if he would. So that's the problem. The problem is these guys have stumbled onto gold. And I don't know if you've been watching recently, the tales of the territories are on, where they're talking about the old Memphis wrestling. They're talking about all the old, you know, Florida championship wrestling, all that stuff from back in the day. It's on vice. It's great. It's the offshoot of dark side of the ring. And the big takeaway was some of these real life things going on, they would turn into storylines. And I think, I can't remember which office it was like real heat makes real money, something to that effect. They have that. They have something they couldn't possibly drum up, come up with, because they're not smart enough and they're not good enough at telling a story. But they have it right now. It's there for them. It's there for the taking. So all they have to do now is book it and do it. But I fear they're not going to because everybody's too sensitive. And they're going to leave money on the table. They're going to leave something on the table that could indeed be their absolute biggest moneymaker to date. CM Punk, Kenny Omega... With the Young Bucks, and if you want to give CM Punk the revival with him, man, book that. I want to see that. Because the best match that the Young Bucks have had in the last two years has been against the revival. So FTR with CM Punk, I mean, you, look, you could have somebody else take the fall. I don't care how it all works out. But the point is, they're in a unique spot here where they can make an enormous amount of money. Now CM Punk might be on the other end of the spectrum say, you know what, I'm just done, I'm over it. That's fine. Kenny Omega might be sitting there. Well, I don't want to do business with that guy. Well, that's fine. But then you're not being professional. Then you are really caring more about your own egos, all of them, and your own feelings and your own BS than you care about the company. And this is where Tony Khan should step in and say, enough is enough. It happened. Your men get over it. Come back to work in a couple months and let's just move on. That would be good business. That would be smart. And the the smartest thing you could do is make money off of it. But they don't have the ability to. And I think the problem is the Bucks and Kenny Omega are in Tony Khan's ear too much. He respects them too much more than he should. And therefore, he is going to make the decision to buy out CM Punk, who may never wrestle again. I don't care if he does, if he doesn't. I was fine before. I always thought CM Punk was very good. I always knew CM Punk was this. At the end of the day, somebody who is going to do, do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And, and although he's great in the ring and although he's amazing on the microphone and, and look, he could, he definitely lost a step in the ring, but that happens with age. You know, I think they would have been smarter had they, you know, I, I think used him a little bit more sparingly in the ring, but then again, he needs to get the reps in. Look, we could argue that all day. And if I'm CM Punk, I do not sign an NDA. What leverage does Tony Khan have to give him to sign him an NDA? You either pay him and he sits at home or you buy him out and he sits at home. That's it. And eventually he goes and writes a book about it. Eventually he gets paid a lot of money to tell the story. And then he tells the story and then that's going to be really bad for your company. So rather than do that, have him blow up your company while he's working for the company. Play the storyline. This is your chance To go full Mr. McMahon. Because there's a lot of people who love AEW who don't like Tony Khan. I don't think he is... I don't think he's confident enough in himself yet to make that bigger decision. All he wants to do is everybody to play nice. And he wants his wrestling figures to all get along. But he can't have that all the time. These are human beings, not action figures. And at the end of the day, they're leaving massive money on the table because if you get an opportunity to bring CM Punk back, a guy who's been championed twice, and they give it up twice because of injury, a guy who has railed against the company, there's going to be people that love him, there's going to be people that hate him. He has a chance to be the biggest heel in the company outside of MJF. He has a chance to be the biggest babyface in the company, depending on what side you're on. Regardless, it's hot. It's something I want to see. It's something you want to see. It's a complete waste of time, energy, and money to do what they're doing now. And if and when they buy out CM Punk and CM Punk decides to then go off and tell this story...
0: 18 plus what a
1: waste because you could live this story you could play this story out and it would be probably the best thing they've ever done since the other thing cm punk did which was with mjf cm punk mjf feud is the best thing aw has ever done period end of story if you don't think so you're nuts if you think it's anything to do with chris jericho you're nuts anything with kenny omega or john moxley you're nuts the cm punk mjf feud was must-see television. It's when I stopped DVRing AW AEW and watching it live because I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want any spoilers. But instead, everybody's feelings are hurt. Grow up. Be men. Put it behind you. And why those guys are EVPs, I don't know. What the hell they do or what the hell they bring, I don't know. But you have a choice here. You are a fork in the road. Are you going to be a wrestling company that makes money or are you going to be the playground where everybody comes and hangs out with the wrestling figures to have a good time and play jerk off with their friends? If you're going to be a wrestling company, figure it out. Get everybody in a room together. Get a mediator together. Figure it out. Go make money off of it. I think there's a piece of CM Punk that would be intrigued by that. And I know for a fact that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks fear that because it makes them look like less. And I'm sorry, guys, since you've been gone, in the words of Kelly Clarkson, nobody cares. Like, has anybody looked at the AEW product in the months where they weren't around or injured or whatever was going on with Kenny Omega and said, oh, no, no, it was better. It was one of that goofy nonsense that they do. Ugh, I don't need the backstage nonsense. I'd like to have Adam Cole healthy and back. I'd like to have a lot of things in AEW, but I don't have all of that. They don't need them. They need CM Punk. And if there's a decision to be made, I would take CM Punk, even if he's only got a year or two left in the tank anyway. But the problem is they won't do it. And that is Tony Khan's problem. And Tony Khan needs to come to a realization that if the guys who work for him aren't going to work for him, then none of them should be there at all. Don't pick and choose. Don't pick and choose. Because CM Punk could have said what he said, then gone away. It's the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega that decided to go to the locker room and make a stink about it, right? So, you don't have to like everybody you work with. You're there to do a job, to make money. And CM Punk versus those guys, you want to put FTR with them? I'm telling you, that's the thing. You do a six-man tag that way? Ooh-wee. I'm, I, I want to watch that pay-per-view. Don't you? Hell yeah, you do. Because it's good business. So we'll see in the weeks ahead what happens there. Let's talk a little uh WWE, something much more fun. Can we talk about how great Sami Zayn has been? Can we just talk about Sami Zayn for a moment, please? Because Sami Zayn in this honorary Us mold the other night in the ring on SmackDown, saying what he said where Jay wasn't feeling very Usy and then Roman Reigns, I mean you had to know that was a line that they had they were they were going to say they knew they were going to laugh. They laughed. The crowd laughed. The crowd started chanting. They tried their best to hold it together, but everybody loved it because it's real. It's great. And I think I've come to the realization too. I know some people said, well, this is great. Sammy's the biggest face in the company. Sammy should be there. No, Sammy's not going to take the belt off Roman Reigns. It's going to be Cody at WrestleMania, but you do have a conundrum here because everybody loves the bloodline so much. And they're going to love him when he beats Logan Paul at the uh, crown jewel event. But the problem is right now everybody really enjoys the bloodline. They're great. They're they're those, you know, the guys that are bad guys that you love. So we've got to get mean and nasty here. And the way you do it is at Royal Rumble, you have this disintegrate and you have Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. You give him that title shot. You have Jay cost him that tile shot. You kick him out of the bloodline. You put heat back on Roman in the bloodline. You have Cody Rhodes challenge, and then you have Sammy and Kevin Owens against the Usos at WrestleMania for the belts. That's how you do it. That's what you do. And it brings up a certain point too. Is it time to unify these belts or do you want belts on each program? I'm of the mind to just unify them because it seems like the brand split is basically fading away anyway. I like the unification of them because I want one champion. I want one tag team champion. I feel like there's two. It's like AEW. Everybody has a belt. I've been saying this for a year now, where everybody has a belt in AEW. I like when they feel special. I like a unified one belt. There's a champion. He's the champion. She's the champion. That's it. But we'll see what goes on there. But I think that's the way to do it. I think they're going to milk this as long as they can. I think they can get to December and January with it. I really do. I think they can run this to January and then run Sammy and Roman in January. And that would be great. And that will put heat back on Roman when he beats Sammy Zayn, And then we'll have Roman be the guy. Okay, it's time. We're done with Roman Reigns. He beat our good, our favorite fellow, Sammy Zayn. It's perfect. It's really good. You also had Emma returning, which is good. We need more... Women who can work. Her impact contract was up. She did some good work there with Diana Perazzo and some of the other women there. I watched quite a bit of it. Emma was somebody who did not get a fair shake. Her gimmick was crap. We'll see what they do with her. It was a good match against her and Ronda Rousey. I mean, it's, I know it's weird when you bring somebody back and then they lose, but you lost to Ronda Rousey. So that's okay. She looked good in the match and credit to Ronda for giving her some spots to look good in the match. That tarantula on the ropes was awesome. So this is good. There's also a lot of talk about bringing in a undercard or mid-card women's title, like an intercontinental women's title. And I think that's a great idea because the problem with WWE has always been they can book the top women, they can book the four-horse women, they can book the titles, they can't book any other feuds. We also had Nikki Cross returning as Nikki Cross, which was great. So if she starts to deteriorate in anything close to her old character, a couple months ago, my kids and I flew on an old NXT and we watched old crazy Nikki Cross and holy crap, was that incredible television. What a great character. So if we're going to get that, that's awesome. Also, Sasha Banks working out in Mexico in the ring. You know why? Because she's coming back. That's why. So that's very exciting. So lots of good things there. Lots of good stuff moving in the right direction there for the women's division. The only thing is I don't like damage control giving up the belts. I don't understand why they did this. The booking of them has been very weird. They didn't win the belts in the first place when they brought them in, which you thought they would. Then they win them, and then they take them off of them. I don't understand quite what's going on there. We'll see if it makes more sense as we go. We'll see if it's time for Bailey to take the belt off Bianca. It might be. Might be a good time for Bianca to chase or maybe take a break. We shall see. But I did not like that. Other than that, you know, know, the women's tag division, again, it's so easy to book. Uh, Maybe they're just going to... Book Naomi and Sasha to come back and challenge Asuka and Alexa, and then maybe that's what they're going to do. I I don't know what they're going to do. It felt like they were moving towards damage control being a female undisputed era, which I really like. But you take the belts off them, it's just weird. I don't understand that. Don't get it. But more people are coming back to WWE, too. You had the Good Brothers come back, you had Hammett come back, you're having. A lot more talent starting to come back. Hopefully Champa comes back healthy from his recent injury. I'm always worried about his body breaking down. I hope Champa gets one great run in WWE. I know we're getting the Viking Raiders to return soon, too. I'm hoping the tag division starts to get better. But this is what we need. We need to start either separating these belts out or unifying these belts to make everything clearer. And I think that'll be good for business. Crown Jewel is good for business for WWE, that's for sure. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns will take on Logan Paul. We don't know how this is going to be, but I'm here for it. It, Logan Paul is good in the ring. He is good on the mic. He is a good WWE superstar. Whether you like it or not, he is. And he was from day one. Some people just have it. That dude's got it. Last woman standing match, Bailey and Bianca. I think you might get Bailey winning here. It's starting to feel like that could be the case. And I'm here for it. Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. That should be very entertaining. The Usos are going to win. Again, it's like a glorified house show kind of thing, but it's it's still, it's fun. Fireworks, it's fun. The OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson against the Judgment Day, Finn Bauer, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Eh, okay, whatever. Like, there's, there's, there's things that could be good in this match. This match could be surprising. Shout out to Rhea Ripley for picking up Carl, oh, you know, Luke Gallows the other day. Jeez, what, what a monster. It's time we start pushing her, too. Uh, and it feels like it's funny. Triple H definitely feels like he is creating a second China, but this China can really wrestle because Rhea Ripley can really wrestle and really talk and really do all those other things that China was, you know, China did her best at times, but China is not the talent, the raw talent that Rhea Ripley is. Not in the ring. She's not a student of the game. She was somebody that came into wrestling and did a good job with what she did and got better as it went. But you could see that same kind of booking where you're putting her up against the dudes and it's, it's she holds up. It's good. And she's going to get her run eventually. Singles match. We have Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. The two big men fighting. Here we go. Steel cage between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Kross. This one's wacky because I feel like Drew needs to go away for a little while. I do feel that. Karrion Kross winning would probably be good for business. You build up Karrion Kross to, why I can only assume Karrion Kross Bray Wyatt feud's coming. That makes the most sense here. So we'll see if we get that. More on Bray Wyatt in a second. Singles match Braun Strowman versus Omos. I could care less about this, but whatever. Um, The McIntyre cross one, that's the one that's kind of open-ended. It'd be interesting to see Brock Lesnar lose to Bobby Lashley, which I think is going to happen. You could also run Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns too. People are saying, well, you're running out of competitors for Roman Reigns. No, you're not. There's plenty of guys we could still run there plenty, plenty, plenty. I wouldn't mind AJ and Roman Reigns. We could do that. one. There's many things we could do. Okay. But I will say this, the who is uncle howdy stuff. I think the Bray Wyatt stuff started out really good. That first thing in the ring was really good. There's only so long you can tease all these things before you need some payoffs. So I get it. Slow playing is good. A little bit here and there is good. To get all that, but I think we need a little bit more payoff here when it comes to the Bray Wyatt stuff, sooner than later. Like, it's going to happen in the next couple weeks here. It's got to happen by Thanksgiving We're by Survivor Series. If we're building it for Survivor Series, okay. There's also some rumors, by the way, of Chelsea Green returning to WWE. Another few Impact stars are returning as well to WWE. More to that in a few months, you'll see. Uh, also some releases in NXT, one which was a little surprising was Bodie Hayward, who has the look, has the charisma, he's a funny guy, apparently there was, quote, more to it, end quote, so I don't know if he was trouble, I don't know what's was going on there, but that was kind of surprising, I thought that guy had something, uh, something there, but, you know, alas, what are you going to do? You got to do more of it. And look, if you're a wrestling fan, you got to go watch the Tales of the Territories. It's been very entertaining. The Memphis one was great. The one about uh, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler was great. The Florida one was... They're all, they've all been very amusing. Definitely worth watching. Definitely check it out. But you're going to see more people continue to jump to WWE in the weeks and months ahead. And what I like about it is it's not all just these big, you know these big name things and with nobody it's it's people that you want to see like yeah I want to see Emma I want to yeah I want to see her get a fair opportunity I want to see Johnny Gargano get a main roster run and what we could do I want to see those kind of things Candice look you know you think about it you got Emma you got Candice you got Io you got Dakota Kai there are a lot of capable women you could absolutely run a mid-card women's title now because you're starting to beef up that roster you still have You still have Alexa you have Becky eventually returning I wouldn't be shocked if Sasha's the first who win that title when she returns because although it's a mid-card title, Sasha then will be the first person to have all of the women's titles and she likes that stuff. She likes the historical end of her career. So we shall see in the weeks ahead. We'll come back next week and recap Crown Jewel. We will talk about more CM Punk and AEW stuff. We'll find out what's going on there. And we're also going to talk about how bad of an idea it is because it feels like it's going in this direction. How bad of a terrible, awful, no good idea it is. To somehow take the greatest villain in wrestling. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, And make him a babyface, Which is what they are starting to do. And I hate it so much. It's the worst thing ever. I can't even talk about it yet. Because I'm hoping that it's not the case. But we shall see where it goes. In the meantime, don't forget... To follow us at In This Ring on the Twitter machine, follow me at at JoePisaPia17, and subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your pods. And that's the bottom line, because Joe P. said so. The Cult of Personality.